Hello, hello. This is Kathy Cola's Audiobooks, and today we have Episode 4 of The Alpha by E.J. Findorf. Wayne tries to apologize for hitting Maggie. Maggie discovers a disturbing picture on Wayne's laptop. Wayne clears the air with Angel. Here we go. Maggie woke with her precious Amy standing next to the bed, touching the welt on her cheek. She recoiled at the stinging. Her daughter still had on Dora pajamas as afternoon neared, holding her little doll tight to her chest. Amy never woke Mommy unless she was hungry or had a nightmare. Your face has an ouch. Mommy fell, baby. I'm okay. Wow, Mommy slept late. Are you hungry? Where's Daddy? Amy crawled onto the bed and fell into Maggie's side. Daddy's not home. He told me to be quiet while you sleep. You are snoring. Mommy was snoring? She grunted into Amy's neck. That must have sounded funny. Maggie wrapped her arms around her child. Has Daddy ever spanked you, baby, and told you not to tell Mommy? No, Mommy. You wouldn't be in trouble. I'll know if you're lying. I'm not lying, Mommy. Okay, baby. I believe you. She kissed her head. After a few minutes with her face in Amy's hair, they ventured out of the bedroom. Wayne wasn't planted on the sofa like a usual Sunday. Good. She entered the kitchen to find a bouquet of yellow roses and a card propped up on his laptop, which lay on the granite counter of the island. No dirty dishes were waiting to go in the dishwasher. The counter had been cleaned and smelled like lemons. They never had a fight that required the purchase of flowers before. What was the correct time frame to accept an apology in the abused woman's handbook? She smelled one of the flowers. I helped Daddy put them in the vase. They're beautiful, sweetheart. The card had a cartoon man and woman holding hands with hearts floating around. It simply read, Open the laptop. Password, sorry, exclamation point. Why don't you go pick out an outfit to wear? No superhero costumes. Okay. Amy danced out of the kitchen. Maggie fixed a cup of coffee that had already been brewed, glancing at the table every few moments. A clean house, flowers, brewed coffee. Shouldn't that be the norm for the husband who adores his wife? She feared that Wayne would always be the man that hit her. Her body gravitated to the flowers, bending slightly to smell one again. She almost walked out of the kitchen but spun around. Her feet tingled on each cold step back to the island. She moved the bouquet to the side and logged into Wayne's personal laptop. His face materialized on screen, puckered and concerned. He could never be a movie star, but an awkward charm seeped through. His recorded message was a contrite apology with a promise never to hurt her again. The video ended, and she sipped at her coffee while staring at the screen. 
He had recorded proof if she actually wanted to press charges. Was he that confident or that sincere? It was easy to have an opinion on domestic abuse until it happened to you. Once? She can forgive that, eventually. There were many major fuck-ups that couples forgave all the time. Lying and cheating. She almost closed the lid of the computer, but froze. She finally had access to Wayne's laptop. He had insisted on seeing her contact list, like some kind of lunatic. Would she return the favor? What better way to glimpse into her husband's psyche than looking at his private search history? As a trusting wife, she shouldn't need to pry. But things had changed. However, Wayne wouldn't be stupid enough to leave freaky searches on his personal computer. He wanted her to look, she imagined. As expected, the history had been wiped clean. Not deterred, a double-click on his hard drive offered a list of software applications. There were games and Adobe design stuff. Then she spotted a folder near the bottom simply called Videos. Within the folder were a handful of files. Checking quickly at the window for his possible return, she clicked on one, and the video player came on. A very young Wayne was running around a wood-paneled room with a sword and a cape. He stopped and faced the camera, proclaiming he had killed the zombie uprising. Maggie smiled, watching the three-minute clip to the end. Several other videos were the same. Wayne playing fantasy games by himself or with a friend. At the bottom of the list was a picture instead of a video. The file, merely called PO32.jpg, was a picture of Wayne at about 13. Only this time, an older, well-developed girl was with him. It wasn't the best clarity, but this person looked very similar to herself. She seemed very intent on playing a video game with a controller on a television that was out of view. She was in scant clothing as Wayne's head rested on her bare thigh, playing the same game. Maggie leaned in, then reared back. The brunette was maybe twenty, wearing a half-shirt and jean shorts that would entice a young boy's hormones. Maggie assumed this was a neighbor, promiscuous enough, perhaps flattered enough, to let Wayne push the envelope. Angel planned to use her day off to visit her father in the Louisiana State Penitentiary, but moved the appointment back several hours when she received the call from Wayne Holt. Instead, she found herself at a coffee shop. Maggie must have told him about their reunion at the bar. Angel figured it had been a hell of a conversation. He wouldn't reveal anything over the phone other than to say he wanted to clear the air. She didn't know it was polluted. Wayne said, Thanks for meeting me here instead of the police station. To your meeting, Angel waited. This is where I met Maggie. He swirled his blonde roast. Dated cargo shorts and a saint's jersey hung loose on his frame. Would it be conceited to believe that Maggie had settled? Angel feigned interest. Oh, that's cool. Wayne added, love the coffee here. 
Angel agreed while holding her latte. She kept her nose above the heated aroma. Never been here. The one in the quarter, yes, many times. There can only be one legendary Café de Monde, right? I thought franchising would be a mistake, but hey, if a local wants a beignet outside of the quarter... Wayne blew out a puff of air, as if too lazy to finish the sentence. Maggie told you about our history? Quite a surprise, he waved it off. When she saw you on the news, it started a lively conversation. We all have a past, right? Angel's cell phone rang with an unknown number. Excuse me, Wayne. Blondo here? Morning, sunshine. Are you alone? Sure. Angel held up a finger, then slid out of the booth. I'll ask again. Are you alone? I'm alone now. She walked away from Wayne. Lie to me one more time, and I might need to move on to Detective Ramsey. The cell went silent. No, wait! Angel saw her home screen reappear. She searched the coffee shop but didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Wayne stared at the ceiling. The caller wasn't inside. Give me a second, Wayne. She trotted outside to the lot, finding nothing unusual. Upon returning to the booth, her gaze went back to her bored guest. Sorry. It's okay. You must be super busy. She put her cell on the table. Why did you want to meet me? It's stupid. To get over this paranoia I have? Wayne leaned forward as if to share a secret. Honestly, I didn't react too nicely to finding out about you. Nothing to worry about. We were college kids. Wayne gripped his coffee without lifting it off the table. All my life, my girlfriends have been stolen away from me. I mean... All of them. Maybe I didn't fight hard enough back then. I've always been a bit of a pussy when it came to relationships. I've had those experiences. I let them go. Their loss, right? We may have had the same results, but we had different self-esteem. I fall a little more into the self-pity range. I'm always thinking around the next corner is the man, or woman, Maggie's going to leave me for. Well, that sucks. Angel shook her head. Maggie's a hell of a girl. She won't put up with any woe is me shit. You ever meet her father? Oh, yeah. Trust her. If you believe she's going to cheat on you or leave you without any proof of it, acting on your suspicion will make it happen. It makes sense. We're all human. Although, if you were really fucking her again, you wouldn't tell me, right? A burst of laughter shot from his mouth, but he regained his composure while staring at his coffee. I'm sorry. I'm working on my filter. Work harder. He nodded. This all came about because we saw you at the crime scene. Are you guys any closer to catching the blindfold killer? I can't comment, but we're using all available resources. Angel tilted her cup to her lips. If we've sufficiently cleared the air, I have a long day ahead of me. Wayne stood, too. Agent Blondo? Angel, I am sorry about that stupid comment. I wanted to meet you so that those thoughts wouldn't pop into my head.
I will work harder. No worries. Angel shook Wayne's hand. It was a soft grip, yet heavy-handed, as if he wanted to make it weird. Angel left Metairie's version of Café du Monde with the impression of a jealous husband checking out another person to which he felt inferior. How he treated Maggie was the question. That kind of man would make every verbal exchange between Angel and his wife some sort of betrayal, no matter how innocent. Fights would arise, and that would put Maggie in a no-win situation. She had to assume Roman was watching her, whether it was by drone or binoculars. Another check of her cell revealed no return call from the killer. Should she inform Ramsey after a threat like that? The scheduled visit to her father was for the early afternoon, so there was some time to fill. A stop at the Bonnet residence would be a nice gesture. After a ten-minute drive, Angel pulled to the curb of a house in mourning. Several cars were already parked in the driveway and on the street. What could she say to the widow or her kid? Just as she was about to call Ramsey, her cell rang again with a restricted number. Blondo, Angel answered. The robotic voice boomed through the speaker. It was a different setting on the disguiser. Never lie to me. Are you watching me every time you call? Has the FBI taken over yet? Consider it done. Angel scanned the neighborhood. Can I tell you how much I want to rip your heart out for killing Detective Bonnet? Only natural. I would have been fine winging him, but I got lucky. Why call yourself Roman? Are you ready to answer that yet? She rolled her windows down again as heat collected in the car. I'm putting bets on a gladiator fetish. Funny. I wonder if that is your personal strategy or the FBI's instructions. All me, dude. So, Roman, you into directors? He hesitated. You picked up on my leading lady comment. Kind of obvious. Angel straightened after receiving an actual answer. He's still in France, right? Polanski? Yes, exiled. My father was a big Polanski fan. I call myself that in honor of him. There is nothing to glean from it. I'm actually more into horror. No shit. Was that a Michael Myers mask you were wearing when you shot my friend? From the Halloween movie? A replica. Good eye. Do you know they used a William Shatner mask painted over? You could have just demanded Detective Bonet step down with a threat we'd have to take seriously. You are so angry, but you can't antagonize me. Amazing self-control. I'm glad you understand. How did it feel to betray your family? Maybe they betrayed me. You really threw a grenade in your hometown, didn't you? They were bad people. I shared. Tell me about your mother. My mother was a used vessel. She wasn't involved in my life. So many moms get a bad rap in the serial killer world. What were you like as a kid? Did you post animal heads on spikes? Oh, you have no idea the things I was exposed to. By who? Your father? Angel checked the street again for anyone that might be around. 
The last call from Roman ended with a loss of life. My father was everything. I didn't have friends. She waited a moment. Did you kill your dad? No. Short clipped answers were bad. What kind of software are you using there? You sound like Darth Vader. So you can track purchases? Good try. Angel leaned forward, realizing sweat had collected down her back. Let's get a beer and chat. Don't talk to me like I'm stupid. You're right. You're my first serial killer. This was the longest conversation yet. The fun is just starting. Angel started the engine and put the air conditioning on. The only reason to call anyone in law enforcement is because you want to get caught. I'm calling to stoke the fire. I get to sit back and watch all you ants scurry. Good talk, Angel. Roman hung up. She was used to abrupt endings. Angel opened the recording app and listened. The first thing was to call Kyle and send the team the file. After getting off the phone with Captain Mercier a half hour later, she finally went inside the Bonnet residence to quickly pay her respects before the journey to Angola State Prison. A typical afternoon sometimes meant visiting Maggie's parents with Amy, but not with a marked-up face. Her father would extract the story with merely a look. And despite cutting ties with the Yakuza decades ago, he could get them to kill Wayne in exchange for a favor, if not do it himself. And that wasn't an exaggeration. The rumors of his mafia connection started for a reason. Maggie called her mother's phone and made the excuse of not feeling well. Get back into the routine. That was the answer. She could make the altercation a major life-consuming issue, or she could isolate it, put it in a box to be examined in due time. She couldn't let its cancer touch the good parts of her life. Part of gaining clarity was to exercise. Maggie had come out of the shower after an hour of online yoga just as unsure as before. It didn't help that Amy attempted to participate in the poses while begging to watch Frozen. Listening to those songs over and over was a punishment Maggie's father would approve of. And, like usual, Maggie caved to her adorable daughter's demands. Fifteen minutes into the movie, Wayne's car pulled in the driveway. The distinct closing of the car door came next— along with the beep of the locks engaging. She decided right then not to mention watching the childhood videos. Voices might rise, and the confrontation would cancel out her daughter's singing. Amy would look at them with worry in her eyes. Wayne stuck his head in the front door. Can I come in? Maggie tilted her head to Amy's ear. Mommy and Daddy are going to talk in the kitchen, okay? Okay. Maggie turned up the volume, then slid her feet into the kitchen and took a position on the opposite side of the island. The roses and laptop were balancing near the edge, ready to be swiped onto the floor if need be. She waited while Wayne sheepishly entered. You're lucky your shit isn't on the lawn. Wayne approached with his hands open near his chest. I feel like the biggest bastard on the planet. I swear I do. Sit down, Wayne. Wayne eased onto a stool, 
tail between his legs. Can you put yourself in my shoes? Yes. I'm sorry. He kept his head low. Wayne, listen to my words. Imagine being me, being a woman that gets hit by her husband. How would you feel to be abused by the person you're supposed to trust the most? Love the most. Wayne finally looked at her. Bad. Bad? Is that all you got? Small. I'd feel small. That video isn't going to cut it. If you don't give me more, if you don't get it, we're done. Done. Scared. I'd be scared. He wiped at his eyes. Disrespected. I'd be disappointed in the person that's supposed to love and protect me. Yes! It came out in a shout. Having done it, having it be real, I know it's the worst thing I've ever done. I'm not an abuser, Maggie. I've never raised a hand to you. It's just my parents. I shouldn't have gone there. She let a tear run down her cheek. I'm sorry for what I said, but nothing deserves what you did. With your jealousy about Angel and now this, you're different. I'm the same guy you married. Wayne stretched across the island to secure her hands. She pulled back. I understand things get comfortable in a marriage, but if you had treated me like an afterthought when we were first dating, I would have broken up with you. I'll do better. And guess what I just did? What? I just had coffee with Angel. You didn't. Why would you do that? You said it. If I met her, then that would ease my concern. It did. We talked a bit about other stuff, too. About you. I told her basically what an ass I've made of myself. Let me tell you something, Wayne. I'll divorce you before I ever cheat on you. Because if I want to sleep around, that means I don't love you anymore. I get it. Wayne sat on a stool, reaching out in the hope she'd do the same. She didn't. You're not off the hook. I won't pretend I'm not disappointed or that I've lost trust, and I have no idea how long that will be. I understand. Maggie left for the living room to join Amy again. She felt her lungs finally inflate. And there you have it. Don't forget to tune in on Monday for Episode 5 of The Alpha by E.J. Findorf. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolas at gmail.com. Let's talk. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.